406 DGS. Happy Friday to you. Chet Pleban joins us. Hello, Chet. Hello, Dave. So you're the first person I thought of today when I saw the new charges against Hunter Biden. First of all, how close did this guy come to kind of getting away with it when he had that plea deal, that sweetheart deal? And then I've never heard of this. Maybe you've heard of it. But uh, but the judge in that the plea deal was like, uh, hey, how about this? And then the whole thing just went away like he came so close. Uh, talk about what he's charged with, how bad it looks and how serious it is. Well, there are nine new uh, tax charges, and, and plus you have the gun charge in Delaware, uh, three felonies, six new misdemeanors. So let, let's start here. Uh, is this new indictment in California politically motivated? My answer is unequivocally yes. Uh, and I point in my argument, I will point to June 20th. That's the date that you referenced where after a five-year investigation, David Weiss, who was the U.S. attorney in Delaware at the time, appointed, frankly, by Donald Trump uh, and maintained in that office by Biden. Uh, After a five-year investigation, uh, David Weiss decided to charge Hunter Biden with two misdemeanor counts, uh, a failure to pay on time on the gun charge. Uh, He said that he would offer him a diversion on on that, Uh, and that was the charge where he possessed that firearm for 11 days uh, in 2018, and he lied about drug use to to get the gun. So the question is, you know, why was that plea bargain offered in the first place? And you're right, it blew up through no fault of Hunter Biden. Now, I suppose you could also say that that plea deal was was politically motivated as well. Um, So, you know, in in my practice, uh, in our office, we represented a lot of kids of high profile people. Um, They lead charmed lives, but not in tax cases necessarily, but in other screw-ups that they had along the way. And so, you know, you would say to them, well, your, your father or your mother is very high profile in the community. He or she might be on the front page of the Post-Dispatch or in the news routinely. What did you expect when you behaved in, in, that, in that fashion? So we've also we've also represented um, in tax cases public figures, and those public figures have been targeted. We've represented entertainers, and they have been targeted. And, and what the IRS does is they want to make a point. Uh, we represented one person who failed to, to report a CD interest income when it was earned, and so they were going to indict that person right around April fifteenth in order to make a splash, in order to uh, make a point. So, yes, does, does the, the government target people um, in this sort of fashion, particularly the IRS? And, and the answer to that is clearly yes. But as far as Hunter Biden is concerned, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, and I've said this from the beginning, I'm, I'm no, as we've talked before, I'm no fan of Donald Trump. But if Hunter Biden uh, committed criminal acts, Hunter Biden deserves to be prosecuted. Now, I suppose that what his lawyers are going to argue is that 
there's a selectivity, there's a prosecutorial abuse, and there's a selective selectivity. There's a 14th Amendment due process equal protection violation because other people similarly situated who have tax consequences, um, they're not charged. Um, so Hunter Biden has all these taxes apparently have been paid. But of course, you know, that's like robbing the first national bank and saying, well, wait a minute. When they find out that you robbed the First National Bank, you want to put the money back, you still have you still committed the, the crime. The problem that, that Hunter Biden has is that he made gross were, uh, some, somewhere in the area of seven million dollars between 2016 and 2019. Uh, and he owed one point four million in in taxes. Some of the things that are coming out and some of the things that are used in the, in the 56 page indictment come actually from Hunter Biden himself, from his, his book um, entitled Beautiful Things, I think it's called, uh, where he admitted gambling and drugs and hotels and women and, and all sorts of things, rather than actually paying his $1.4 million in, in taxes. I suppose the, the, the question that's going to occur someplace down the road here on whether or not he's going to get another plea deal that will will stick this time is the question of whether or not when he filed those tax returns in 2020, uh, whether or not he was sober at that particular time. And if, in fact, he was sober, um, not dependent upon alcohol or drugs, um, and then he lied on those tax returns. He, he committed tax evasion. Clearly, he committed tax evasion. But again, that's the same kind of tax evasion that he committed in uh, after that five year investigation for which he was offered the plea deal in 2020. So they'll argue, well, wait a minute, this is selectivity and we need to dismiss this because it's a violation of his due process rights, um, his 14th Amendment rights um, that in a quarter will probably buy Hunter Biden a cold cup of coffee that that's not I, in my opinion, that's certainly not not going to work. So we'll see. I mean, I think he's I think he, he's got a problem. I mean, and, and here's a guy that went to Yale Law School. I mean, he's not stupid for heaven's sakes. Now I get it that he was drug dependent. I get it that he had alcohol issues, and I get it that a lot of those occurred after the death of his brother. Um, but notwithstanding that. You know, the, the statutes are the statutes, the crimes are, are the crimes. And so I suspect that someplace down the road, um, the issue then becomes whether or not he's going to get uh, another plea agreement short of the 17 years that potentially he can face uh, if convicted of all these nine new charges coupled with the, the gun charges in, in Delaware. So I, I don't know. He's, he's, he's got some problems. So I know this is an unfair question of, a, of an attorney because there's so many variables and it's just at the beginning of it. But uh, your best guess, does he does he spend some nights in jail? I think so. Yeah, I, I don't think that I, I think part of this, the reason that this blew up was a lot of the heat. Now, I suspect then maybe when David Weiss offered him this this plea agreement, um, th there were issues that still were kind of hanging out there. And maybe David Weiss thought that politically we'll, we'll get this under the wire. We'll get this done. You know, people will forget about it. There'll be a minor little explosion um, in, in Congress, in the Republican arm of, of the Congress. And but we'll get through it. 
Um, and that didn't happen. Uh, there was an immediate explosion on the Republican side. Um, and ultimately, the, the court decided that they weren't going to take the heat on this. And there were too many unanswered questions. So it, it, it fizzled on the vine. So now, but now the question is, after you've proposed, uh, you know, two misdemeanors on June 20th, and after you proposed a diversion program on the gun charge, uh, how is it that you're going to go ahead and cut him a new plea bargain that's going to be acceptable to him? On the other hand, how can you, I mean, he's admitted, for heaven's sakes, tax evasion. He's admitted in a book that he wrote that using all of, of these funds for purposes other, shall we say, other than paying his $1.4 million in, in taxation. Now, it could be. Do other people do that? Other people similarly situated? Yeah, I'm sure that they do. But unfortunately, or fortunately, depending upon your viewpoint, their names aren't Biden. And, and so I think he's, yes, the answer to your question specifically, I believe that he will either plead guilty or be found guilty. And yes, I believe that he's going to do penitentiary time. So, Chet, I'm not sure how much tax stuff you've done because I know it's a kind of a subspecialty for lawyers. But where kind of it, it, not not just Hunter Biden, but where is the divide between, oh, uh, you're going to need to write us a check. Uh, you have not paid enough taxes and you're in trouble and you may go to the penitentiary. Um, there, there's a lot of differentiation that, that before you get to the point where they're going to actually charge you and actually indict you. One of, of the of things that I've done uh, for a, a, a very high profile, happened to be an entertainer, um, we went to Washington, D.C. So you can request um, a meeting with the Department of Justice and the IRS lawyers in D.C. And you can sit down with them and you can explain to them why it is that your, your client shouldn't be charged. A lot of that, in the case, for example, of the charges that they were going to bring against the guy that didn't report his CD interest income when it was earned and said, well, I can report that after I cash in that CD. Well, okay, the issue then becomes you're going to make a splash right before April 15th. But, but if you lose that case, what is the ramification and what is the net effect to you, Mr. IRS, because then you've announced to the world that you really don't have to report CD interest when you guys claim that it's due. Instead, you can wait like this guy did and report it at some later date. So there's a lot of maneuvering that you can do, a lot of discussion that you can have. And frankly, um, I mean, we've, we've handled a lot of criminal tax cases, but in the general scheme of things, uh, our criminal practice uh, didn't involve a lot of uh, criminal uh, taxation problems, criminal tax uh, indictments, because a lot of they're not brought rather routinely because the government, rather than than prosecuting you unless there's a special issue involved with it, would rather go ahead and settle the case with you, take take your interest on it, take your penalties on it and collect the cash and, and put it in the coffers of the government rather than pursuing claims of, of trying to prove beyond a reasonable doubt something that potentially is, for the most part, otherwise civil. Yeah. And if you're in jail, you're not paying taxes. You're not paying taxes and you're not going to pay taxes at all. And, you're, and fine, when you get out of jail after you've, you know, you've spent all that time locked up, 
you're probably not going to be having some kind of, of, of ready-made career that's left. And so you're probably still not going to pay the taxes after you get out. So, so you know, they err on the side of let's get the money and, and let's, let's go from there. But not in all cases. I yeah. mean, it just depends upon the special, unique circumstances. Hunter Biden being one of them, yeah. I suppose, because his father is his name is is Biden. Yeah. But again, what did you expect expect, mm-hmm. Hunter? You one point four million, your father is who your father is, and you think that you're just gonna walk away from that? No. It's it's not gonna happen. It's pretty silly on his part. All right, buddy, have a great weekend. We appreciate it. You bet, you too. Four twenty five DGS. Uh, referencing has been kind of a rough week for me, and uh, this will really kind of tell you the two sides of Dave. Um, I, I tend to be a pseudo-intellectual and very philosophic, and, I, and I, I love quotes and things like that. And last night I was going through TikTok, and I see, uh, if you're having a hard time, here's some Henry David Thoreau quotes that will uh, change your life. Great. So I did a little thing where you swipe over, and rather than a sentence, it was a paragraph. I'm like, I got no time for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I really did. I didn't have time to read 18 words. That's what happens all the time on Twitter, too. Like, somebody will post, like, a screenshot of a story, like, you know, two paragraphs, and every response is, not reading that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, okie dokie. Have you guys seen, if not, you should Google it. So Taylor Swift was named, what was she just named? Person of the Year? Person of the Year. And uh, she did two things. She said, uh, don't vote for Donald Trump. And she called out Kim Kardashian Mm -hmm. for something. And uh, the GOP is going crazy, the crazy end of the GOP, saying that this is a government psyop. Oh, my God. Stephen Miller, the guy that sprayed on his hair, the the Trump uh, whisperer, Mm -hmm. said this is a government psyop. And that also her relationship with vaccine-loving Travis Kelsey is no accident this was all staged and arranged and planned to get out the young vote, to get out the vaccine vote, to get out the anti-Trump vote. And that's what this whole thing is. Time magazine is complicit. These are real people, people who are like in the White House uh, uh, advising the president of the United States, saying that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are a psyop. Yeah. This is why people storm the Capitol on January 6th. This is why people go out and shoot people like this guy did out in, in Las Vegas. Because supposedly legitimate people are spreading nonsense. And I don't believe for a second that Stephen Miller believes it. He's saying that for political purposes. He's saying that to rile up the people that are going to not necessarily do those things, but that 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 are that will come out and then vote for their guy because the whole world's conspiring against you. And by the way, if all the elections are rigged and fixed, why, why are you telling your people to vote anyway if they're not going to win? Crazy. 437 DGS, happy Friday to you. Uh, next week, next Friday, a week from today, will be my last show of the year. We do it live at the Hardee's Mid Rivers Mall Drive from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. That's where we hope the, some of our friends come in with checks for 100 bucks, 500 bucks. We have several who uh, bring in 1,000 every year, trying to get up to 70 to 75,000 total for this year. Operation Food Search, you guys are at about 54,000 right now. So feeling good about it, feeling very proud of you guys. You guys have never, ever, ever, ever let me down when it comes to uh, money for charity. Uh, stairway to Kevin. All right. Well, uh, before I do the stairway real quick, um, 
I just want to point that out. We got some news that literally is like breaking as we speak about Tyler O'Neill. Looks like he's headed to Boston. So we've got reports. We don't know exactly yet what the return is. Um, but D- Derek Gould reported two minutes ago that Tyler O'Neill is headed to the Boston Red Sox. So when I know more, we'll make sure we get but to we it. Get, but we got something. Well, it'll be, yes, for sure. I mean, that, that's the, something coming. The only question is whether it's, uh, you know, a minor league player or two, or if it's a reliever that can help out now, or maybe even another depth player that could help out now. Is this I don't one know. of those situations where, like, do we have to pay part of his salary? Or did we just lose that salary? Uh, it depends. Every deal's different. Okay. So if it's just a straight up deal, then yes, you will. Then that'll be money you do not have to pay him. And my guess would be that they will not be paying any of it. First of all, he doesn't have a salary right now. He's arbitration eligible, so his salary will be set okay. later on. So the way that would be handled at the moment would be cash being involved in the deal. So if the Red Sox say, "Well, we don't want to pay him what that's going to be." Uh, throw in two million and we'll give you the player you want. That I, can happen. I have a thumb on the scale against Tyler O'Neill because my mom doesn't like him because he's too muscular <laughs> and his pants are too tight. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. And uh, but but realistically, outside of Francis Glover, is he a starting uh, outfielder for most clubs? Uh, for a lot. I don't know most. Um, it depends on his health. I mean, look, you know, when when he when in tw- in 2021, he was he finished in the top 10 of the MVP voting. You know, this was a guy who at his peak can win a gold glove, which he did. So that year he finished 8th in the in the MVP voting, won a gold glove, hit a bunch of home runs. He can be that. The problem is that he's not often healthy enough for it to even be possible. You know, he's missed half of each of the last two seasons. He's only played more than 100 games in the major leagues once, and he's been in the big leagues now for five and a half years. So that's the problem. If he can stay healthy, then yeah, he'd be a starter on a lot of teams. Um, and I'm looking at the Red Sox off the, you know, just kind of looking at their lineup now. He certainly would seem to fit. They they have some openings in their outfield. So I would imagine he's going to go there to be an everyday player as maybe a part of the DH outfield rotation. But given that he's a strong defender when he's healthy, I would imagine they want him playing the field. So he'll probably be the left fielder for the Red Sox. Is there any question at all going into 2024 that Contreras is our catcher? No, no. That, I mean, they're not they're not moving it. I mean, their top prospect catcher is Herrera, Ivan Herrera. So there's a scenario where if Contreras stinks, they can always go to Herrera. But no, it's, it's definitely going to be... There's no Contre- contest for No, that. no. Contreras is the starter. Herrera is the backup. And you just, I just hope they don't do the same nonsense they did last year, which was, which was the whole, well, people don't want to pitch to oh, Contreras. Right, right, so right. we're going to do like you can't, doing that. So early you know on, I was really stupid. don't like, can I now, can I just air out all of my pissiness? Yeah. Yes. I do not like Flaherty. I don't like his face. <laughs> you're, well, you're not alone. There were a lot of Cardinal fans that didn't like him. Uh, some of it was related to his social media posts, like he's very politically Never seen one of oriented. Those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's what got a lot of people on his butt. Um, and yeah, I would say that he, the mood from him was bad these last couple of years. He always seemed cranky. He always had, you know, sorry for the back to the jock culture, but he always seemed to have a case of the ass, <laughs> the red ass. That's what they saw him say in baseball. I never heard that. Really? No. Oh, we talked about it on the yeah, show. Yeah, I think we time. did a while. Or is it a day he wasn't here, it maybe? Maybe. It might have been a day you weren't here, but yeah. You should have tried dominating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to dominate that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah. Not going to say it. 
I thought yeah. I could trick We're him into We're so close to getting out of this show. Don't I thought say I could trick the him into saying We this. have been on a tightrope the whole time. <laughs> yeah, the, he, he was in a bad mood the, a lot the last couple of years, and I think a lot of that was his frustration with being hurt, and then when he was pitching, not pitching as well as he wanted to. So, yeah, I, I get that. He kind of had the, what do you call it, the... Uh, not a, it's not a bad term either. He just he always had like the pouty face. He's always just Resting like bitch face. Not that. It, there's some other term that's similar. He's like he's just always looked you know like who he's I mad. Love stink face. He had the stink and face. This goes beyond that. He's a he's a Hall of Famer. I love Arenado. You can just look at his face on every play and know that he is into it. He's serious. You, you know what I'm saying? Like the, I don't know. I just I just love that guy. Well, I mean, there's a reason he's a Hall of Fame caliber player. Because you, you don't get that way without caring and without the focus and all that stuff. So his attention to detail and obviously combine that with his talent leads him to be where he is. Can so. you do a two minute stairway? I can do it real. I mean, I, I had one that was going to let me, let me, let me change it up. There was one that I was going to pick out because, uh, but it, there's some audio that goes with it. So we'll save it for next week. Um, oh, yeah, let's, I, I meant to ask you guys this. Anybody excited about the uh, Dave, you excited about the concert announcement from the Cardinals yesterday? Def, I am. Def Leppard, Journey, and Cheap Trick. Right up my alley. Yeah, that's why I asked. I figured I I'd throw it at there. you. You'll be there for sure? 100%. Ah, see, I've always had, I have a thing with Def Leppard, but it's only it's only hysteria forward that I hate. I actually went back the other night and listened to Pyromania in its entirety. Did that on the way home yesterday from work. It's awesome. Like, that whole record, every song's good. And I had forgotten it because everything from Hysteria Forward just pissed me off so much. I was like, I can't listen to it. But then I went back and listened to that. And then last night, even later in the evening, I went back to a couple of their older ones. Oh. They, their first their three first records one, are great. And they were like literally 15 years old. But on, <laughs> I'm not so even cool. kidding. They yeah. Were like they were high school old. age. Right, right. I think Rick, uh, the drummer, was, uh, was under 16. So do you think we could put in a request that they don't play anything after Pyromania? Give that a shot. <laughs> <laughs> How are you with Journey with the singer? Um, I don't like replacement singers who try to sound just like the singer. I think he's amazingly talented. Not his fault that he's an amazing singer. I don't like the guy from Foreigner. I don't. I don't dislike him. Right. I just don't. The fit. Yes. Exactly. 